Bhakti Yoga. Finally, we have reached, arrived at this chapter. It's the most uh, beautiful chapter and a very small chapter. Only 20 verses are there, but very beautiful. I had uh, mentioned before also, this entire Bhagavad Gita is like a commentary on the Mahavakya of the Upanishad. The Upanishadic teaching, the essence of the teaching of the Upanishad is given in the Mahavakya, like Aham Brahmasmi or Tattvamasi, Ayam Atma Brahma, Pradnyanam Brahma. And Upanishads are the essence of Vedas. Vedas are the most ancient, our knowledge, wisdom, given to us, revealed by Bhagwan himself and given to us by the great Rishi Munis. So, all the Vedas and all the Upanishads, they convey one message, that the essential reality behind everything is that Brahma. It's called Brahma. And that Brahma is not different from our own self. The essential nature of an individual is that Brahma alone. At present, we understand ourselves as something else, someone else. We have a false appreciation about our own self. Also, we have a false appreciation about the world around us. So, through the study of the scriptures, through deep contemplation, we have to recognize our own self as Brahma. See, as a scientist works on a laboratory to do some research, similarly, a spiritual seeker works on his own with his own inner equipment. Our laboratory is our own mind, our own intellect. We have to go deep within and find out what is the essence of me, who am I in reality. So when I come to know myself, I also come to know the secret of the world as well as the secret of God. So this uh, Bhagavad Gita being the uh, commentary as though of this Mahavakya, it is the essence of all the Upanishad. The first uh, six chapters uh, talk from the standpoint of Aham, from an individual standpoint. The second set of six chapters talk from the standpoint of Brahma, from the totality standpoint. And the last set of six chapters tell us that both these are essentially one only. Therefore, we have in the first uh, six chapters, we have in the first chapter itself the confusion of Arjuna. He was confused in the battlefield and he did not know what to do, what is uh, his duty. And Bhagwan then 
reveals in the second chapter his uh, identity. He tells him that essentially you are that Atma which is neither born nor does it die. Know yourself as you are and that is your main duty. Now you are identified with the body. So with respect to the body, you have certain uh, uh, other duties which you keep performing, but ultimately strive to recognize yourself. All of you can hear me clearly? Okay. So you strive to recognize yourself. And for this Bhagwan gives the path. The first step is Karma Yoga. Perform your duties as an offering to the totality, to that divinity which is there in all. And as you proceed on this path, then you uh, will automatically develop that deep uh, faith and deep uh, love for that divinity. And then you will also develop that desire to know what it is. So try to uh, study the scriptures, try to learn from great master, contemplate and understand what is the nature of that self and what is the nature of the divinity. And then you follow the path of meditation. And through meditation, you recognize your own self. So meditation is a technique, a path by which we uh, dive as though into ourselves and come to recognize ourselves as we are. So yato yato nishcharati manash chanchalam astiram tatas tato niyam metada atmani eva vasham nayet shane shane ruparamet buddhya dhriti grihitaya atma sansta manakritva Slowly and steadily withdraw your mind from all names and forms and focus your attention on the essence of everything. And that will lead you, focus your attention to the very source of all your thoughts that will lead you to your own self and remain as yourself. So in order to comprehend who am I, Bhagwan had uh, revealed the path of meditation. But we, uh, even after meditating, even uh, it, one may face certain challenges, may face certain uh, obstacles. Whenever we are with our eyes closed, we meditate, we feel that yes, I am that Brahma, I am that supreme divinity. But as soon as we open our eyes and look at the world, all our uh, meditation goes out of the window if the window is open. But even if it is not open, it goes. So when we look at the world, uh, we get little disturbed. What is this world? From where it has come? Who is God? Who created this world? So a lot of questions about God and, uh, and the world arise in our mind. So through meditation, I may be able to recognize that Atma, if I am sincere, that path alone will lead me to my destination. But uh, if I don't recognize that, if I don't reach my destination, then this world creates a lot of uh, questions in my mind. So I need to know. 
So from seventh chapter onwards, Bhagwan revealed that supreme reality from the standpoint of totality. He started by revealing his own identity as that Brahma having twofold prakriti, the para and the apara prakriti. And this para and apara prakriti itself appears like this world. So Bhagwan says, I, I pervade this world and this world is like my prakriti only. And then he revealed to Arjuna the path of bhakti also in the ninth chapter by saying that, uh, uh, what do you call, even in the seventh chapter, you surrender to me, you dedicate all your actions to me, and through this you will overcome all distraction, all delusion, and you will be able to recognize me. You will know that I alone am in everything, everything is pervaded by me. In the tenth chapter, Bhagwan revealed to Arjuna his vibhutis, Telling Arjuna that I am there in everything of this world. I am in the mountain, I am in the sun, in the moon, in the rivers, in the birds, animals, plants, devtas. Everywhere I am. I alone am. And everything exists in me. Arjuna wanted to know that how everything exists in you. So Bhagwan showed him his Virat form, his Vishwarupa Darshanam. Giving him the Divya Chakshu, Arjuna could see in God, in Bhagwan Krishna, the entire cosmos as though existing in his body alone. So God is in all and everything is in God. And that God is not different from our own self. God means Brahma. What is in our literature, it is indicated as Brahma. So Brahma is in all. And everything exists in Brahma, and that Brahma is not different from Atma. In order to appreciate that Brahma exists in all, one has to follow the path of uh, bhakti through total dedication, through devotion, and devotional uh, meditation, we will be able to recognize the divinity in all. So the culmination of this sixth uh, chapters uh, starting from 7 and uh, this culminating in this 12th chapter in the 12th chapter then Bhagwan reveals that path of bhakti and also reveals the nature of that individual who has uh, attained the state of bhakti so just as 6th chapter is on meditation this 12th chapter is on bhakti and the 18th chapter we will see it when it comes is on tyaga on renunciation so this threefold uh, method bhagwan gives that first uh, meditation then bhakti and tyaga in fact all are uh, interlinked but here since uh, it has to be explained in detail bhagwan has uh, um, given it separately like. So this twelfth chapter is on bhakti and the lakshana of a bhakta. The characteristic of a devotee. Actually one of the most misunderstood uh, path and thing is uh, that's why many things are misunderstood. 
but uh, this uh, path of bhakti. Exactly what is the meaning of bhakti? And also, who is a bhakta? Who is a devotee? We gave ourselves the certificate that I am a great devotee of the Lord. But in this chapter, Bhagwan has given the characteristics and he says those who have these qualities, they are my devotees. They alone are my devotees. Yo mad bhaktaha same priyaha and they are very very dear to me. So it begins, uh, this chapter begins with Arjuna's question regarding the uh, path of uh, devotion and then Bhagwan uh, answers and in his reply he uh, tells us the uh, path of Vekta Upasana and Avvekta Upasana. Very systematically, step by step, he reveals the uh, path and then at the end of the chapter, in few verses, the characteristics of Bhatta is given. This being a very short and sweet chapter and uh, the essence uh, of a lot of things are given in this, it will be good if we learn it uh, uh, by heart. We will begin by chanting. We will chant some few more shlokas. We will chant uh, and just uh, feel the chapter through its chanting. Okay? So let us begin. Om Shri Paramatmane Namaha Atha Dvadashodhyayaha Arjuna Vacha Evam Satatayuktaye Bhaktastvam Paryupasate Yecha Peksharam Avyaktam Teshanke Yoga Vittamaha Shri Bhagavan Vacha Maya Veshamano Yemam Nitya Yukta Upasate Shraddhaya Parayo Petaha Teme Yukta Tamamataha Yetvaksharamanir Desham Avyaktam Paryupasate Sarvatragamachintyancha Kutasthamachalam Dhruvam Sanniyamendriyagramam Sarvatrasamabuddhayaha 
ते प्राप्नुवन्ति मामेव सर्वभूतहितेरताः क्लेशोधिकतरस्तेशाम अव्यक्तासक्तचेतसाम अव्यक्ताहिगतेर्दुखम् देहवद्भिरवाप्यते येतु सर्वाणि कर्माणि मैसन्यस्य मत्पराह अनन्ये नैवयोगेना माम ध्यायन्त उपासते तेशाम अहम समुद्धर्ता मृत्यु संसार सागरात भवामि नचिरात पार्थ मैयावेशित चेतसाम मैयेवमनाधत्स्व मैबुद्धिम निवेशय निवसिष्यसि मैयेव अतवूर्ध्वम न सम्षयह अथ चित्तम समाधातुम नशक्नोशि मैस्तिरम अभ्यास योगेन ततह मामिच्छाप्तुम धनंजय अभ्यासेप्यसमर्थोसी मत कर्म परमो भव मदर्थमपि कर्माणि कुर्वन सिद्धिमवाप्स्यसीम अथै तदप्यशक्तोसी कर्तुम मद्योगमाश्रितः सर्व कर्म फलत्यागम ततकुरुयतात्मवान श्रेयो हिन्यानम अभ्यासात ज्ञानाध्यानम विशिष्यते ध्यानात कर्म फलत्यागः त्यागाच्छान्तिरनंतरम् फर्स्ट वर्स अगेन अर्जुनवाच एवं सततयुक्ताय भक्तास्त्वाम् पर्युपासते 
ये चाप्यक्षरम व्यक्तम तेशांके योग वित्तमाहा टुगेदर ये वम सततयुक्ताये भक्तास्ताम पर्युपासते So this chapter begins with a question by Arjuna. So the entire Bhagavad Gita is a dialogue, one-to-one dialogue, one-on-one. Bhagavan Krishna directly teaching Arjuna and whatever in between he has got any questions, they are answered. So after listening, after seeing the Vishwarup, and after hearing Bhagwan, Bhagwan said that uh, this my Vishwarup is very rare. It is not possible for anyone to see this. Even after studying all the scriptures and doing tapas and japa and dana, still it is not possible to see my Vishwarup. But those who are devoted to me, they will be able to see this. By my grace, they will be able to see this. And also Bhagwan concluded in the previous chapter that mat karma krat mat paramaha mat bhakta sangha varjitaha nirvaira sarva bhuteshu yasa mameti pandava ki he pandava those who dedicate their actions to me means God in his uh, vekta manifested form. God as manifested. So those who dedicate their actions to me, so I am identified with my body and I see this world. So this world is the body of God. My body is also part of Bhagwan's body, but this world is body of God. And he is there in each and every being. Just as uh, exactly where are we in our body? We are everywhere in our body. We are everywhere in our body. But if you want to see, we use the eyes. If you want to hear, we use the ears. But we are there everywhere in our body. If we take a little pin and prick it on any portion of our body, it hurts us. It hurts that same person. If I prick my little finger, it hurts me. If I prick my thumb, it hurts me only. Very strange. Little finger and thumb are different uh, entities. Why should it hurt me? But it hurts me. Because I am there in each and every cell of my body. But every cell, though they are independent in their own functioning, they are also bound together to form this body. It's a very complex structure. Independence is also there. And complete bondage is also there. Little bit of freedom is there for every cell. And bondage is also there. The life of a cell depends on the entire body. And the life of entire body also depends on so many of these cells. So it's a very complex and a very beautiful structure. Our own body. Similarly, this entire cosmos is the body of God. 
and each and every one of us are like little little cells in Bhagwan's body. So when I I serve myself, when I serve this body, if I have to eat, I put uh, what you call food in my mouth. If I want to see, I use my ears. Uh, uh, if I have some, I use uh, a dress and I apply oil or things on my body. So a different part of the body is served in different way. But all this service goes to me. Similarly, different beings of this world are served in different ways. If you have a, have a tree, you water the tree. If you have some neighbor, you don't water the neighbor, unless neighbor wants water. Hmm. But uh, everyone is served in a different way. The birds are served differently. The animals are served differently. You cannot treat them in the same way. You cannot say, oh, the fish are so, they are always in the water. Let me keep them out of the water. Hmm. So that will kill them. So each and every being, they have their own way of functioning. But serving everyone or serving anyone is service of that supreme divinity alone. That should be kept in mind. That when I am serving a person or an organization or a society or a nation, I am really serving God alone. That when we keep it in mind, then it is called service of God. Otherwise, it is service of one particular individual. So, Bhagavan says, those who serve me, mat karma krat, those who serve me, those who consider me as supreme, those who have the attitude in their heart that the ultimate destination is that divinity alone. I am their supreme goal. Mat paramaha, those who have intense devotion for me, love for me, mad bhattaha, those who are identified me. Love means identification. The more we love, the more identification. Those who identify with me, those who feel a connection with me. Sangavarjitaha, those who are free from attachment to limited objects and beings, but have attachment to God who is there in all. So, Sangavarjitaha Nirvairas Sarvabhuteshu, those who have no hatred towards any beings, because love and hate don't go together. So, those who have no hatred for any beings, such a individual, Yaha, Sa, Maam Eti Pandava, they attain me. So here Bhagwan was talking about his Vakta Roop and worshipping it as this as this entire world. Just as uh, Bhagwan Ramana Maharshi has uh, given this path in Upadesh Saram, ke Jagata Ishadhi Yukta Sevanam Ashtamurti Bhrad Deva Poojanam. Look at this whole world as divine and worship God through the service of the world. So that is what Bhagwan had revealed to Arjuna. But uh, Arjuna had also heard that God is beyond all names and beyond all forms. What we call avyakta. So there are these two fold uh, uh, 
uh, expressions of God, one is called vector and another is avector. Or you must have heard the term saguna and nirguna. God with form and qualities, God without form and qualities. And both of both these are uh, different expression of that one divinity alone. So Arjuna's question here is very important and interesting. Arjuna is saying, asking, ki evam satata yuktaye bhaktastvam paryupasate. So those devotees who worship you in this way, evam, evam means as indicated in the words which I explained. The last words of the last chapter. If those who worship you, your manifested form, those who worship you in this way, and how Satata Yukta constantly united with you, with their mind, with their heart, tuned to you when they worship you. So it's, uh, it's not just worship, it's not just physical action. But it is uh, how you are tuned. It's like you offer flowers. Like for example, I take a flower and offer it to the Lord. And once you get connected, then you offer. Then it is as though it reaches that divinity. So that is called being tuned constantly. It's very one interesting story which I had heard. That uh, when a devotee was worshipping the Lord. He was a householder and every day with lot of faith and all he used to worship. And he used to do manas puja. In his mind itself, he used to offer things to the Lord. So he just imagined in his mind the beautiful form of God and he was doing the puja. And after the puja we have to do naivedya and also offer some fruits and all. So he was offering some fruits in his mind. And as he was offering, his uh, little uh, son came there and uh, just shook him and disturbed him a little bit. And then he opened his eyes and a strange thing happened. All the fruits automatically fell down there. It's a story, huh? So, means it was so intense, his offering, that it actually as though manifested there. So, it is our tuning, our heart where it is touched. And it is even here, ordinary actually, when we are tuned to a other being also, there is some sort of connection. You don't have to be uh, connected through your phone or anything, just through the mind itself. It doesn't require anything. Actually, you don't have to pay any uh, bills and nothing is required to connect to the other being through your mind. To connect with our mobile, you have to pay. But connect with our mind, no technology, external technology is required. We can not only connect to other beings, human beings, but also other beings, animal, birds, plant. Not only beings who are present, but also those who are there in past, those who will come in future, and those who are there in other, other uh, lokas. So it is all, because mind is one. Universal mind is one and our mind is just part of that universal mind. It is all connected. We are, we are already connected. Everyone is already connected to the entire cosmos. So when we tune in our mind, 
to that divinity through meditation, to constantly chanting the name and uh, and uh, bringing that uh, attitude in our heart, we get tuned. So such a devotee or such devotees, uh, plural. So evam satata yukta ye bhaktaha. So those devotees who are tuned to you in this way and those who worship you in your manifested form, for them you are present, you are not some imagination, you are not imaginary, but you are present in the form of this world. See, we always have some very fantastic idea about God, he should be this, but he is there present in the form of all of us. If you really want to see God, you can even simple technique is just to look into a mirror and smile. And you will see a smiling God. Hmm? You can try it. Simply just smile. And you will see God smiling at you. But if you frown, I don't know what God will do. <laughs> so he is present in everyone and everything. We have to just feel the presence of Lord and then serve, serve Him in and through all beings. So that is called Bhagwan's Bhakti or Upasana. So, evam satata yuktaye bhaktaha twam pariyupasate, pariyupasate means from all sides, from all ways, in all manners who worship you in this way, who worship your manifested form. Worship you in your manifested form. And there are others who worship you as the unmanifest. Echa api aksharam avyaktam upasate. Those who worship you as that unmanifest. In the, in the previous chapters also, that supreme reality was indicated as beyond name, beyond forms. Birthless, deathless, hmm? all pervading. In the Upanishad also it is indicated as Satyam, Jnanam, Anantam, Nirgunam, Nirakaram. Hmm? Without any shape, without any form, without any qualities. Which is transcending all this form. These forms are only outer appearance, but the substratum of this form is... Uh, free from all shape and size and color and all qualities. So one who meditates on that avyakta by through shravan, manan, nididhyasan, they withdraw their attention from all names and forms and they just focus their attention on that which is the very substratum of this name and form. So avyakta upasana it is called. Not taking help of any form. Not taking help of any form is not only outward, but also becoming free of their attachment and identification with their own form, with their own body also. We cannot say God is formless, but I have a form. Because this, if you have a form, then God also has got a form. Because your body is part of Bhagwan's body. So one who meditates on you as that unmanifest and aksharam aksharam means uh, imperishable 
those who meditate upon you as imperishable and unmanifest. Tesham ke yoga vittamaha. Out of these two set of devotees, who are the better knowers of yoga? Means better knower of your sadhana. Better knower of this technique of attaining you. Arjuna wants to know. And in this world also people always have this confusion. Should I worship God with form or should I worship God without form? There are other confusions in the minds of people that there are two gods. One is with form and another is without form. See, we should understand that God is only one. And he and this whole world is like the outer body of God. And this body is just like our body constantly changes. This body of God is also constantly changing. It's a therefore Bhagwan calls it Akshara uh, Purusha or he calls it Apara Prakriti, made up of the five great elements Akash, Vayu, Agni, Jal, Prithvi. Hmm? So uh, some devotees or some seekers, they feel it quite comfortable to worship God in form, in some, and also we can imagine God in a particular form also of our choice and try to identify and worship God in that particular form. See, as a practice, we can imagine God in a particular form. But later on, we have to understand the entire cosmos as form of God, Vishwaroop. So, as in the initial stages, we can practice in our little puja room. So, take a murti and all and worship it. But afterwards, we should understand that the same Lord whom we are worshipping in the temple is there in the entire cosmos. The entire world is a form of God. It is very big. Large. It cannot be, Bhagwan's murti cannot be put in any temple. Because its entire cosmos is Bhagwan. Where can you put him? There is no place to keep that murti. But for our own comprehension and understanding, we can take a replica of, or a pratik, we call it. Pratik of Bhagwan and worship it. Just like we, we do for our own country. Our country is very large. All of us are sitting in our country, walking in our country. So if we want to salute our country, whom, what should we do? Where should we salute? Wherever you salute, you are saluting country only. But that attitude should be brought in our heart. That I am saluting the country. You see a person, you salute that person, but you are not saluting the person, you salute the country. That person might feel that, oh, you are saluting me, but you are saluting the country. To make it simple, we have our flag. So when we, when we, uh, when we raise a flag and unfurl it and all, and we sing the national anthem and we salute, we are invoking the bhava in our heart of the country. It is there. Country is always there. But it is that bhava is not there always in our heart. During cricket match and all it comes temporarily. So, we bring that bhava in our heart 
and we salute the country. Similarly, God is everywhere. But to bring that bhava in our heart, we need some support. So we take the support of some symbol which we have, our scriptures have given us, that this is the symbol of God. As a, like a Shiva, you have Shivalinga, or like Vishnu, they are the symbols of God. They remind us of God. They, they, they form reminds us of that cosmos. Therefore, Vishnu Bhagwan is blue in color because everything infinite is blue in color. Shiva has got all the five elements on him. He has got water. He has got the fire. Huh? Akash, Damru is the sound. So Akash, Vayu, Agni, Jal, Prithvi, everything is there on his form. So he is a symbolic representation of that divinity. Hmm. Shiva means one who is auspicious. The divinity is auspicious. Divinity is the very substratum of this world. He is the one who supports the five elements and supports everyone and everything. So that is represented by that form. Even Bhagwan's dance and all. The Tandav Nritya is like the dance of creation and dance of destruction. So all these are required for us, for our sadhana. Because it becomes difficult for us to comprehend the vastness and the beauty of the Lord. We need support. We need some symbols. We need pratik. So various pratiks are there, given in our scriptures. Hmm. But uh, there are some who can, need not have any pratik. They can just look at this cosmos, bring that bhava in their heart and worship everything and everyone as the very expression of God. That is called the Sagun Upasana. But Nirgun Upasana is when we withdraw our attention from all names and forms and go to the very essence Go to the very substratum of all this name and form, which is free from all all qualities and all colors and all limitation. So to worship God as that avyakta, we need to even give up our identification with our own body. You saw, na? Actually, it became dark light, but it did not. It was just magic I created. No, no, it became dark. So, avyakta upasana is to shift our attention from the world and shift it to the very substratum of this world, the support of this world. So, the support of the world is support of my own body also, support of my own mind and my own thoughts. So, to feel the presence of that being and identify with that being is that avyakta upasana. So this uh, upasana or meditation on, on that formless, uh, qualityless divinity. So these are the twofold paths mentioned in our uh, scriptures. So here Arjuna, after listening to Bhagwan. He wants to know that who are the better knowers 
of uh, this path who are the better knowers of yoga so evam satata yuktaye bhakta swam paryupasate yecha api aksharam avyaktam tesham ke yoga vittamaha who are the better knowers or which path is better which path should i follow which is a better path should i do saguna upasana or should i do nirguna upasana should i do unmanifest uh, upasana of that unmanifest or the manifest and always there are great mahatmas who have come into this world they have given this various path some have uh, focused more attention on the saguna upasana and some talk about the nirguna nirakar they say don't worship any form or name and all bhagwan is formless nameless just shift your attention from all these names and form and worship him as the very substratum of all these names and forms as free from all color and shape she like sugar what is the nature of sugar can anyone tell very good sweet very intelligent yes so sugar is sweet but sugar is also crystalline sugar has also some different shape we can look at sugar as a nice uh, like uh, that square like they put na in the in the tea and all sugar cubes so it has got nice we can have nice shapes and size and all but the essential nature of sugar is sweetness so to there are two types of worship of sugar one is to worship sugar with its various shapes and other is to worship sugar as sweetness and if you understand that sweetness of sugar then even when the shape is not seen like you put it in a water and mix it or in nimbu pani and all you don't see the sugar but you know sugar is there but if you are stuck to some shape you will say either koi sugar nahi hai because i don't see the cube but if you understand the nirgun nirakar form of sugar then you will know that it pervades everything that which is sweet is pervaded by sugar similarly god in form and god without any form even in the form the same lord divinity is there pervading but he is also expressing as form but uh, devotees who want to worship him without form they shift their attention from the form and go to the very essence and what is the essence god is as sat chit and ananda pure existence pure consciousness and pure bliss so these two types of devotees or two paths are there which is better who are the better knowers of yoga please tell me so bhagwan now replies so the reply to this question itself is this entire 12th श्रद्धया ते मे युक्त तमामता 
मैया वेश्यमनो ये माम नित्ययुक्ता उपासते श्री भगवान वाच भगवान नाउ रिप्लाइज डायरेक्टली टू अर्जुन हे अर्जुन कि मई आवेश्य मन ये माम नित्य युक्ता उपासते दोस सीकर्स हु वर्शिप्स मी यर वर्शिप्स मी मीन्स सगुण रूप वेन भगवान इज यूजिंग द वर्ड मी आय यर ही मीन्स द व्यक्त फॉर्म द सगुण रूप द विश्व रूप विच ही एड शोन टू अर्जुन so he says that those devotees who worships me with faith shraddhaya parayopetaha with supreme faith te me yukta tama mataha according to me they are the best they are they excel they are the best first he talks about the sagun upasana then he will talk about nirgun later on but here he tells arjuna that those who worship me in my this form virat vishwaroop see me in everything and everyone and they are dedicated to me they are they are very good they are the best but how they are worshiping mai aveshya manaha so there are certain important factors which we should keep in mind मय्यावेश्य मन मयि आवेश्य मन मन मीन्स माइंड माइंड आवेश्य एंटरिंग मी और माइंड टोटली एनग्रॉस्ड विथ मी माइंड टोटली ऑब्सेस्ड विथ मी वन होम वर्शिप्स मी विथ देअर माइंड कंप्लीटली प्लेस्ड इन मी ऑब्सेस्ड बाय मी ऑब्सेस्ड मे नॉट बी वेरी गुड वर्ड Uh, totally what you call identified with me mai avishya manaha those who whose mind are in me mean tune to that divinity not that worshiping they see only uh, see when we look with uh, like for example we are in our this our country wherever we see that thought is there that i am in india i am in my country so whatever place we go wherever we meet we have that in the background our mind is there if you go to a new land new place new country that thought is not there right the place might look similar you might see lot of indians there also hanging around but you know somewhere in the heart that this is not my country i am somewhere else so my mind is not my mind doesn't recognize it as my country similarly when i look at this world and constantly that thought is there this divinity is there in all if that thought is maintained then i am connected to god that's called mind is in god like tulsidas ji when he looks at this world he says siyaram mai sab jag jaane everything to me is looking as siyaram only everything is siyaram the notion the thought the understanding that everything is divine if it is maintained constantly in the mind then that mind is placed in god 
if we have to put forth special effort to it, then it is not. It's like uh, like we have to connect to the internet and all. In the good old days, we used to just dial and all and connect. Dial up connection. Huh? Then the noise will come. Then it is connected like something. Then it, then it connected. Then suddenly it breaks the connection. While you are doing something, connection is gone. So every now you, and then you have to put forth special effort to get connected. But otherwise, nowadays system you can remain connected all the time. Similarly, with God also, if we require special effort to get connected, then that is uh, that is one aspect. But here Bhagwan is talking about those who are constantly connected with God. God means that divinity. God means not that you constantly have a murti in your head of Krishna or Rama or something. God is to know that everything and everyone is divine. That thought, that understanding, that feeling, that conviction should be there always in the heart. Such a person is called Mayavesha. His mind is absorbed into me. His mind is in me. Always. So Mayavesha Manaha Yemam. And to get this, we can, uh, we can do the sadhana of chanting Bhagwan's name, reading about him, contemplating about him, uh, listening to the uh, various uh, kathas and various uh, things about Bhagwan in of Bhagavad Gita, Upanishad, and all, and bringing to our mind that I am sitting, walking, talking, breathing, eating in divinity only. It's called as some uh, Mahatmas have used the phrase "God intoxicated." To be intoxicated with God. That is called Maya Veshyamana, to be, become God intoxicated. Don't be worried like, oh, I will get addicted and all. Without addiction, God cannot be attained. You should get God addicted. God intoxicated. So mind is absolutely intoxicated with God. Hmm. Like Bhagwan Ram Krishna Paramahamsa. Even when somebody is to sing, he is to go into that samadhi. Otherwise also he is constantly tuned to that supreme divinity. So, maya vesham manaha ye maam nitya yuktaha. And those whose mind is placed in this way in the Lord, they are nitya yuktaha. Constantly united. Constantly tuned. Constantly feel that they are connected to that divinity. The the is God is not only in the entire cosmos, He is there in my body, in each and every cell, in each and every thought. So one who feels the presence of divinity, not only in the world, but in his own heart and in his own body, such a person is called Nitya Yuktaha, constantly connected. Then that person doesn't have to, it, his connection doesn't get uh, disconnected in in place or time and object. Means moving from one place to another place, he doesn't get disconnected. No, no, only in a Rishi case I get connected, but when I come to Delhi, this little 
this connection is there. That may be to ordinary people. But for this uh, devotee, wherever he go, he is connected to the Lord. Like they give story of uh, Naraji. He travels uh, in the entire cosmos. Sometimes he is in Devalok, sometimes he is in Danavlok, sometimes he goes to meet uh, Kamsa. He is everywhere, but he is all the time connected to that Lord. So space doesn't create any obstacle. Time doesn't create an obstacle. In the morning, in the evening, at night, during the entire period, the person remains connected. Even sleep, the, the different states of experience do not create any disconnection. He is connected, that person remains connected with God in waking state, in dream also. In fact, Tulsidharji, many times he mentioned in Ramayana, that a devotee, he remembers God even in his dream. He worships him even in his dream. He constantly he mentions that even in his dream. Because if something goes deep in our heart, it gets revealed also in the dream. Those dreams comes. Nowadays people dream of cricket or some other things. Because that has gone. So from our dream we know what has gone deep inside us. Some people analyze the dream and they can tell also. In my dream always I eat rasagullas. You know what? I don't know what is wrong with me. You must be thinking constantly of that only. So if, if that is the test, huh? to find out how deep our connection is with God, see if you are connected to Him even in your dream. And even in deep sleep state, if we are connected to the Lord in waking and dream, then we remain connected in deep sleep state also. So different states do not create this disconnection. Different time, no disturbance. Different uh, space, no disturbance. Always a person remains connected to the divinity is called Nitya Yuktaha, one who is constantly tuned. So, Maya Vesha Mano Yemam Nitya Yukta Upasate Shraddhaya Parayopetaha and with supreme faith because to, to comprehend the divinity and to be tuned to God, one requires Complete faith, faith in the scriptures who reveal to me, then give me the knowledge of God, faith in the teacher who reveals the knowledge of God, faith in myself, faith in my sadhana. When I have this supreme faith in also the nature of God that He is all pervading, He is compassionate and uh, forgiving, He is uh, also all knowing, all powerful. Uh, as it is revealed in the scriptures, to have faith, because faith is required till we gain that experience. Once we gain experience, faith has fulfilled its work. But before gaining that experience, we need that faith. Even going to sleep, we need faith that everything will be fine, then only we go to sleep. If there is a lot of worries and a lot of disturbance, we can't sleep also. So, Shraddhaya Parayo Petaha with Supreme Parayaha, Supreme Faith, such 
devotees who are there, Bhagwan says, Te me yukta tamam ataha. According to my opinion, they are the best. They are the supreme. They excel. They are excellent. So here Bhagwan is talking about Vekta Upasana, worship of God with form, worship of that Vishwaru, Bhagwan as this entire cosmos. Now, Arjuna had also asked about the Nirgun Upasak, those who worship God as that unmanifested uh, divinity. So what about them? Bhagwan says in the next verse, Yetvaksharamanir Desham Avvektam Paryupasate Sarvatragamachintyancha Kutasthamachalam Dhruvam Sanniyam Mendriyagramam Sarvatrasamabuddhayah Te Prapnuvantimameva Sarvabhutahiterataha Yetvaksharamanirdesham avvaktam paryupasate kutasthamachalam dhruvam Uh, Bhagwan says that uh, those who worship me, those who meditate on me as that avvekta, as unmanifest, te prapnuvanti maameva, they also attain me only. Those who worship me as avvekta, they also attain me because they are worshipping me only. And those who worship me as the vector, they also attain me. Later on he will tell the difference also. But here he is saying that even a vector upasana those who can do, they also attain me. It is up to the, up to the seeker, whichever is convenient. If I find vector upasana convenient, then I should follow that path and I attain God. Those who find avvaktopasna convenient, they follow that path, they attain God. Because the divinity is one. Whether we close our eyes and meditate or open our eyes and meditate, we reach the same, same divinity. Opening our eyes, seeing the entire cosmos as divine and interacting with this cosmos and worshipping it as God, we attain God. Closing our eyes, withdrawing our attention from all names and forms and going to the very substratum of this entire cosmos and meditate on that, we attain God. So, both the path leads to the same destination. But what is Nirgunupasana? Bhagwan explains in detail here. 
he says nirgun upasna is to meditate constantly on god who is beyond all names and forms and there are certain indicators given here lot of indicators are given in the scriptures to shift our attention from the names and forms to that which is beyond the names and forms like if we want to see the moon <clears throat> someone wants to show the moon we can use some indicator okay a beautiful crescent moon is there in the sky and you want to you look at it and you like it very much and you enjoy the beauty and you want to show it to your friend so you call your friend please come and look at the moon the friend looks everywhere except at the moon then you have to use the indicators you say you look at that udhar dekho and the friend looks at your finger kahan hai says don't look at the finger finger is just a pointer but it is important pointer so just follow the direction which is given in the pointer don't get stuck with the pointer pointer points it is a it is an indicator it itself is not a definition of the moon it is an indicator of the moon similarly there are pointers given in the scriptures they are not definition of god they are indicators of god they might appear like definition but they are indicators of god so those words they are all words and words have meaning and meaning is understood by our mind and intellect but when that is understood by the mind and intellect and we constantly meditate on that meaning we get transported beyond the meaning we get transported beyond where what is indicated by that that is the technique intellectually whatever we understand and appreciate is also not god but that intellectual appreciation help us to drop our identification with that names and forms and when we drop that identification we become one with that divinity we experience that divinity that is the technique so there are various indicators in our scriptures in this verse bhagwan points out some eight pointers eight indicators he says he who worships me as aksharam aksharam means imperishable this one indicator aksharam then anirdesham anirdesham which cannot be put into words who cannot be expressed in words who cannot be indicated or defined indefinable avyaktam who is unmanifest sarvatra gama who is all pervading achintyam who cannot be thought with your mind mind the thoughts cannot capture it kutastham who is who is uh, who is steady free from all change kutasth achalam achalam also means steady free from all movements and nityam nityam i mean dhruvam dhruvam means eternal so these are the pointers pointed out here 
we will uh, study each and every this pointer and bhagwan says that those who use this pointer to think about it meditate on it and this pointers help us to become free of all our identification and when we become free of our identification the truth the reality which is pointed out by this pointers reveals itself as our own self uh, this is the beauty of the pointers so it's just like the pointing to the moon the when you when you take the help of the uh, pointer and take your vision beyond the pointer what it is pointing out and then once you see the moon let us say i am showing my, the moon to my friend oh dekho wahan par chand and that fellow is cannot see so i have to stretch the hand a little bit udhar dekho wo ped ke upar thoda sa ha yes little to the left yeah oh dekho so once that person sees the moon what should i do with my hand should i continue walking like that as soon as he sees the moon first thing i do is remove the hand from there so as soon as you know what is indicated you should then close the book then the job of the scriptures are over they are pointers they don't define god nobody can define god even mind cannot comprehend god intellect cannot catch hold of god but they can point and when they are these pointers are used intelligently they lead us to the experience of god more about this we will see in our next class